0: Hello, this is Stacy, one of your hosts. I just wanted to take a moment to remind you about this episode, episode five, and our next episode, episode six. Episode five is about natural family planning, and episode six is about pregnancy and infant loss. Some of you might be sensitive to the topics that will be discussed in these next two episodes. Also, we use technical terms in both of these episodes that some of you may not be comfortable with younger viewers hearing. Therefore, listener discretion is advised for Episodes 5 and 6. Hello and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic Women's Talk Show Podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have…
1: Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren.
0: Welcome. Today we're going to be discussing natural family planning and everything that goes with that. So, what have been some of your experiences with natural family planning? Have you studied a certain method, or do you have um, other ways that you are aware of yourself? <laughs> that sounds so weird. It is natural and it is family.
2: So we. My husband and I we did Billings and Creighton informally Creighton informally um, and then now I think we're gonna try Marquette after this baby just because it's less to think about <laughs> if you have a fertility monitor that tells you when you ovulate and you check that every um, every day I think I just need that at this point after so many kids and having, so many things to think about on a daily basis. But, um, yeah, that's what we're doing now. How about
3: you guys? Well, we started out doing nothing in our marriage, and that's how the first two happened. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And then after there were some situations with my health and some other things that I needed to be a little careful about, so we started to try to figure out, which one would be right for us. And so I think we were trained in um, billings. But neither one of us paid very close attention because I had already started to do this fertility awareness method where I just sort of followed my body's cues, watched for signs. And then I have a little app on my phone that would tell me, okay, green days are days you need to be aware that you're ovulating, whether to achieve or to abstain. And honestly, just that has worked for us. Just That's just because I have regular cycles, so I know a lot of women don't, and that gets more complicated. Um, but that is literally all that we do, and I feel like the laziest NFP Catholic because I, we don't chart. I mean, I do. It's on an app, but it's the most minimal possible thing that you could do, and that's what works for us. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm kind of with you there, Lauren. Um,
1: we were trained originally in billings. Um, I have a little bit of a more unique that I'd never used NFP to avoid pregnancy. Um, when we first got married, uh, I knew I had polycystic ovarian syndrome, and then we still didn't conceive. And I found out I had endometriosis, and we were trained then in Creighton method because at that point we were living in Colorado, and there was a I started to see a Napro doctor, and uh, they wanted me to learn Creighton and. So I learned Creighton, and actually ended up, side note, and met wonderful, wonderful friend who's now the god, godmother of one of my kids, um, who was our Creighton teacher. But um, we kind of used Creighton to try and figure out what was going on, but my cycles were so ridiculously re- irregular that it didn't tell us a whole lot other than that my body was psychotic. Um, <laughs> so then I just changed diet, then, yeah, so it was was just kind of weird that we never really had to use it for for avoiding, um, so now it's just kind of, we, like Lauren, just, um, kind of got, became more aware of things, as once my body kind of started working, because diet change actually helped, um, and we started having a couple kids, now we have three, and now it's just, you know, we don't have kids, because I have a poor diet, and I, um, you're like, it, no one have kids. No any kids don't have mortgage. Like, what was
2: that process of finding out that you have endometriosis? Because okay. that is so undiagnosed in women. I feel like women have to jump through so many hoops to get that diagnosis. Like, how did you? How did you discover that?
1: Um, well, I had a lot of pain, a lot, a lot of pain, um, and. At one point, I pretty sure something ruptured. I don't know. I bled for thirty days. Oh my gosh, um, oh, wow. <laughs> like- it was it was rough. Um, but that was when I was trying to get in with a doctor in Colorado. But I was stubborn and wouldn't go into an ER or anything So I was like, I'm, I'm not that bad. Um, so I was still seeing my doctor here in Oklahoma City, and um, was like calling her and emailing with her, and she's like, why won't they like? see you there um so she finally scheduled a laparoscopy here in Oklahoma City and I um came down and she did a laparoscopy and um saw it, like I pictures of my um, insides and she cleaned it out what she could but that like that helped for like a month um and then things got weird again and so at that point I knew I had was dealing with endometriosis. I knew I had polycystic ovarian syndrome and with the laparoscopy found out I had a blocked ovarian tube, uh, wow. not the ovarian tube, fallopian tube, whatever yeah. the word yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, from a surgery when I was six weeks old, um, I had wow. a, um, uh, a double inguinal hernia and uh, when I was six weeks old had surgery and everything's so tiny, right. like there's, you know, yeah. so some of the scar tissue blocked the fallopian tube. Um, so every month's hit or miss anyways. Um, so that's that's how we got the diagnosis of that. So I knew that I had it. Now, I don't know if I'm still dealing with that because I don't have the pain that I used to. Um, I think having kids kind of cle- cleared it out, I guess. Um, and But it could always, you know, pop back up. Um, but since I knew I was dealing with those, we actually we had talked about um, – Going on, uh, with a few different doctors had talked to me about going on the one of the medications that'll induce um, ovulation. But I was like, okay, I've watched Friends. Um, <laughs> Monica apparently has an inhospitable uterus. What if I have an inhospitable uterus? <laughs> that's literally what I thought in my Does head. Even um, <laughs> I don't know. But that's what like that's what went through my head. I was like, okay, I need to do something to change what's going on not through medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we, uh, I decided to – I found this, like, website that was endometriosis diet. And so I cut dairy, soy, uh, red meat, and gluten. Jeez. And so I ate nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, like, night and day. Like, I went from having this, like, ridiculous cycles to, like, textbook. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but we still, I, again, I still had the blocked fallopian tube, so um, hit or miss. Um, it wasn't until I did the diet stuff as well as being on metformin for the polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I, that's how, like, I guess the right timing because that side worked that time. Um, and we were actually in the middle of uh, the adoption process when we found out we were pregnant with Dominic. Wow, wow. Um,
2: this, like, Couple to Couple League also has a book on diet, like how to diet mm-hmm. to restore your cycles. And I think it's really interesting how, you know, and one of the things that I appreciate about NFP is that restorative aspect of it. Yeah. It wants you to be whole. It wants you to know if something's off in your cycle. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, everybody, the, as soon as you have a problem with your cycle, the standard is put you on the pill. Right rather than, like, let's look and see what what is going wrong here, you know, because this is not supposed to function this in this way, whether it's diet change or endometriosis, PCOS, um, something. You know, I had a tumor on an ovary, <laughs> and it was so crazy trying to get help mm-hmm. for that. Um, and so I think that's one thing that I appreciate about the church is we always think of NFP as, like, Oh, the bishops don't want us to have any fun. And they want us <laughs> to, to fast, you know, from our husbands or whatever. But it's not, actually, that sounds, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's this, it's actually, um, yeah, that restorative, that wholeness, right. of body and soul.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that was something when I went through the Creighton Method Training that they really, really focused on. Have that, it's not just about learning these steps, it's about, um, being in tune with each other, mm-hmm. um, and having that communication and that fullness and that, that free giving of oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not holding anything back. First started having issues when I was like 12 or 13. It was like shortly after I'd like, like, or I think I'd had my period, my period for like a couple of years at that point or something. And I was, it was already irregular issues and they were like, oh, well, it's, it's just, you know, you having, you know, you being early on. And, um, and they were already talking about like putting me on the pill to get them regular. Um, but I had started showing signs that I was, I had migraines. And so they were like, oh, well, they, they can be bad for migraines. So we will do, and that like, was the only thing that like kept me from having started like being on medication earlier, um, that, and we just weren't, my mom wasn't uncomfortable or was uncomfortable with that too. But like, that's really like, that was the training it was like, oh, there's an issue. We're going to mask it. We're gonna just make things irregular. And if I hadn't had had all these issues early on, um, and like had we already like had we had I just been on the pill, like it would have just kind of made things worse and worse and worse. And like it would have ha- we would have been able to figure out all the different things we were able to figure out.
4: Right.
2: Because I think the common misconception is that the birth control pill will regulate a period, but it's not regulating a period. That's not mm-hmm. the kind of bleeding that you're getting. And right. Um, but I like how you said that it, it keeps you and your husband in sync together with communication mm-hmm. because I have a couple of friends who have complained that while they're on the pill, but they feel like then they're supposed to be available to their husbands all the time and and that causes a lot of resentment. And I know as some which I didn't even think of that because as NFP, you know on on go you know days that you're ovulating and you're like, I'm not ready to have a baby yet. I haven't discerned that that's what God wants from us and you have to say no, that can cause resentment mm-hmm. between you and your spouse. at the same time, when it is like a, a safe day, so to speak, then you almost feel that like, that, um, it's not like a, it's not an obligation, but it is an openness to, okay, you know, this is a time where we can come together and it's, it's a different, it's a special time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, so I think that there's resentment probably that can easily happen on both sides oh, yeah. <laughs> Whether yes. you're yeah. NFP or Well but sorry, yeah, go, no, go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean,
4: I think that's one of the points of NFP that I really like, like it's, it's been hard for us in the past but like one of the things that I really like about it that again is like it's just it's hard but it's, it's a good outcome is that it it makes you look at yourself and see how selfish you are
2: mm-hmm.
4: and how like how much you just you want from that person the specific thing the specific time and then you get cranky and angry when you don't get to have it and you almost act like a child because of it oh yeah because you don't get that instant gratification but it like opens you up to see show yourself like and again, like, I mean, the process sucks, but yeah. <laughs> like, you know, being like just having that revealed to yourself, I think, mm-hmm. um, it's always hard to like bear that cross, but you know, when you are able to see like, you know, and this is the areas that I'm selfish in, I think that's one of the reasons why, and I can't cite the study, so, um, I'll have to look it up, but something like Catholic couples who do not contracept who, you know, use natural family planning or just basically just don't contracept at all, the divorce rate is like 1% while, you know, the whole of, you know, American society, society, I think it's gone up to like 60%, 70%, 60 maybe, um, divorce rate. And so, but it's, I think part of the reason is because like you, it, it, it forces you kind of to... You know treat that person with more dignity than you would otherwise because so you have to die to yourself you in do. a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> and somebody was
2: asking me to um i was talking about nfp to a, a congregation and somebody asked you know well don't you think that it's not really fair to expect your spouse to have to abstain if their desire is to be with you and i said but there are so many we look at nfp and we see those built-in times of abstinence but there's so many times in life that you abstain if somebody is sick if somebody mm-hmm. is out of town or if somebody is tired or you know Whatever, um, there are times that you built in so, or that naturally happen, whether you're using NFP or not. But that built-in abstinence of NFP kind of gives you the discipline to put that other person first, like to, or to at least work together and say, "Hey, this is not a good time right now."
4: Yeah.
2: You know, it kind of gives you that practice naturally. So if you do have that situation where, you know, your spouse has the flu for two weeks and, you know, it doesn't feel up to, to being with you. You have already kind of practiced saying, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah.
4: Well, I think it goes both ways too. Like not only like you were talking about, you know, like times when you have to, um, now I forget what you said. It's just
2: about, um, That that there's naturally occurring times of abstinence.
4: Yeah. Well, I think also, like, you know, in those times where you aren't fertile, if you're trying to avoid, and so you have that opportunity, it's like, you know, you kind of know you have to get it in, like, (laughs) because that that fertile (laughs) window is approaching, and if you really just don't feel like it, but you know that your spouse is, you know, in the mood, and they're, you know, needing that connection or whatever, it's kind of, again... I, I've, I've experienced it myself where I kind of have to like die to myself a little bit and be like, you know what, like, you know, be there for your, your partner in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not again, I, like, you're talking about not out of an obligation or anything like that, just like an openness to know, like, you know, we've communicated about this, you know, like I understand that, you know, this week and a half or whatever that we have to abstain is really difficult for him or for her. And so I'm going to, you know, give of myself or whatever in this way for my for my husband or my wife it's a gift you're giving it is a gift you're giving because yeah yeah, absolutely yeah because I mean I know when when we first start got married I was I guess I was doing the fertility method awareness method um because I just like googled how to do NFP and found a whole bunch of random stuff and I didn't know how to make sense of it. So I just, you know, <laughs> warning, I'm about to use gross terms, but like cervical mucus right. and your cervix position <laughs> and your temperature.
3: You're talking to a Catholic crowd. We know all about <laughs> that. Uh, You're yeah. fine. That is not a dirty word here. But, uh, so we're good. you
4: know, like I just certainly you not know, did all of that, but I had very regular cycles. And so it was very, you know, I, I knew how to do it, but I wasn't, you know, obviously didn't have the training. And so when we did did abstain, we were abstaining for like a week or two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, and it was, it was rough and we hated NFP (laughs) and we were cranky at each other. And, um, but I mean, for the most part we were all right. And like, you know, then I got pregnant and we didn't have to do anything. So that was great. And then like, after I gave birth, I didn't really like practice anything in particular. I just, nursed and prayed <laughs> 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 nurse and pray.
3: that's a common method nurse and pray <laughs> a nurse and, pray.
4: and exactly. like you know my children were you know fairly decently spaced or whatever but then last year when I had a miscar the miscarriage with Philomena my cycle just went off the charts like I didn't know what was going on like I I can't remember exactly how it all worked and all the details and stuff but um Yeah, my period just wasn't normal. I didn't know when I was ovulating because none of the signs were presenting like they usually did. And I was so confused and my husband and I were going through a really hard time with that because not only, you know, the emotional toll of losing a child, but, um, you know, having to abstain for, oh gosh, what did they say? I think they said they wanted us to wait about three months before we conceived again. And so um, for the first like month, I think we uh, we abstained. And that was really hard and then after that it was just kind of like you know kind of a hit or miss like we trying to trying to figure it out or whatever and then again that fertility awareness just wasn't working for me because I just couldn't figure it out so we um, contacted the local Creighton instructor and talked to her about it and went in she you know told us what to do and everything but even that you have to abstain for a while for like the first cycle is what you're supposed yeah. to be doing but um Yeah. So, you know, challenges came with that too, but it kind of, you know, Creighton didn't really work for me super well. Like I just, it didn't click for me. Like for a lot of people it does. I just wasn't good at figuring out all the stuff and knowing how to describe the mucus and everything else. Like it was just, it was a headache. And then there was also the emotional toll of just, you know, I was doing this because I lost a child And I shouldn't have to do this right now kind of a thing, you know, and I like, you know, I didn't want to think about that that way, but that was what was going through my head. And so, yeah, then we stopped and I got knocked up, but, uh, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I mean, I think through all of that though, like, you know, there were definitely, like I talked about, there were really, really hard times, but in large part because of NFP and having to abstain, you know, there were, there were issues that my husband and I had been dealing with that kind of came to a head and we were able to actually Mm -hmm. talk about and communicate about and, you know, start to resolve, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it, it wouldn't have been able to happen without, um, you know, the miscarriage itself. And then also, you know, having to abstain and figuring all of that out and, um, just like learning how to respect each other's bodies better, basically, you know, for me, like NFP, it's kind of a, it's a love hate relationship, but like as much as I can, kind of dislike it sometimes. I have a deeper love for it because of the fact that it like helps me to to see him. I just respect him more, I guess, like in who he is.
3: I think that's the key thing um, that Mother Church wants us to see, and it's why we've been given these methods, and it's why we've been able to develop this. Is because the end goal here is the incredible beauty of the body and that intuitive knowledge that God has given us as humans about our cycles and about our husband's hearts and how connected these things are to our spirituality too. Cause like what I've heard from all of us say is that this was a sanctifying thing in our life. Yes. Like at one point or another, it either revealed areas of sin or it brought to light areas of frustration in the marriage. That's exactly how it was for us. But Overall, I think the goal of NFP just like any other sacramental union in the church, you know, is union with God and with each other. And I think that's what's so incredible about knowing how your body works, knowing that you were created that way, knowing that your husband was created the way he's created, and then being able to come toward each other every month or whatever you decide and say, "Are we ready to have another baby?" It forces you to to the foot of the cross, really, Mm -hmm. in your life. You're not going to get that with birth control. You're not going to get that with a pull-out method or, you know, I'm just being frank here. You're just not, there isn't a level of self-examination and self-awareness that goes into NFP. I mean, for years, I had to face my desire to not have children anymore. I did not want (laughs) any more children. And I was very honest with God about that. I was like, look, you know how I feel. Well, (laughs) but because we never said no to him, you know, we, and that's the thing I want to make sure that we're clear about. Even if you have chosen that month or for whatever period of time you've discerned that you're abstaining, NFP is still being open to life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So even using that is saying, God, I, I have my feelings about this and I feel like this is what we need to do. But you feel free to turn the tables if you need to to, to, to have your way in our family and to give the most glory to you. And he will do that <laughs> if it's the best thing. I think it just changes the way we see each other. I think it changes the way we see our children. And it's not without difficulty. <laughs> I mean, <No> <laughs> because what happens is if the husband and the wife are not on the same page even spiritually, and hubby is faceless, I'm just using a guy, for example, but this goes both ways with girls. And, I mean, it's just, it can be just as frustrating for women, mm-hmm. especially because during those fertile times is when we want to be one with our husbands the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's yeah. natural. That's, like, part of how God designed it. So that's really frustrating for girls, too. But um, when the frustrations happen with NFP, like what you were describing, um, we, we, we look at that suffering that it imposes, which is our inheritance as Christians, is suffering. It mm-hmm. just is. That's how we become like Christ. And these little crosses. But a lot, if you're not well formed or you're not, you know, um, well, I shouldn't say that. But anyway, the difficulties that the NFP imposes, our first tendency is to abandon it because we don't want to suffer. And what God is inviting us to is to walk with Him in that suffering and to become more holy. And it's always the mark of Christ. And always the mark of the Holy Spirit moving when He's calling you to deny yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what NFP is. And because you do have to think about everything, you know. Would this be right for my kids? Well, what about my mental health? Well, what happens if I breastfeed? And if I feel, you know. These are just stuff we wrestle with every day. And I sometimes I get really stressed out about that, like especially right now, with everything that's going on in the world. Craziness nothing is certain. Can someone name something that's certain other than our Lord right now? Literally, Mm -hmm. it just feels the church and God is the only thing standing as a rock right now, Mm -hmm. but everything else is chaos. And I think that's the beauty of it is that I think we forget that maybe we're not supposed to feel comfortable all the time. Like maybe the limbo is okay and maybe it's actually good for us. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it sometimes. You're not
2: supposed to have control right everything, too. Because when we, we had our first baby, um, I thought that because I was breastfeeding, I was infertile as long as I was breastfeeding, even though my cycle came mm-hmm. back. And I was, I was just like, no, I'm fine. Well, then Lucia was conceived when my first baby was six months old. And, um, and I was mad at God. I was like, Lord, I already have a baby. How can I have another baby already? But you know what? That child, my only daughter, out of, I've got, um, I'm pregnant with our sixth, and so it's five boys and one girl, my only daughter, though, when she was born, just expanded my heart. I was like the Grinch whose heart was too you know, three sizes too small. <laughs> it just opens your heart. And so I think, too, when you invite God into that blessing and to, to kind of have, to, you know, he gives us an element of control. He does. He gives us that freedom. But also, when you, it, there's an aspect of surrender, totally. too. Huge mm-hmm. aspect where you're like, Lord, I will allow you to bless this union if you choose. Um, and that openness to life, it also grows our hearts and our capacity for love. Love multiplies. You, you know, I never feel like my love is divided between my many children. I feel like it has mm-hmm. just grown. So
4: yeah yeah well i think that's one thing i know this is maybe a little little off topic a little bit but um you know growing up with a non-catholic family and then becoming catholic and everybody is you know betting on the babies i'm gonna have and they're like 15 20 and you know going on up there (laughs) and everything but like you know i hear so often from people um you know, not just, like, personally in my own life or whatever, but just, like, this idea that people have that if you have too many children, like, you're talking about, like, you divide, you have to divide yourself. And it's not, re- I mean, like, maybe in terms of your time, but you still have that family time and everything. But, um, like, I, I knew a girl and she was worried that if she had a fourth child that she wouldn't have enough love to give for all of her kids, like no like that's not the way that love works like if you open your heart to it and especially especially if you allow God to come into it bingo
3: yes that's very important yes
4: then you know it just it, it multiplies you it's never going to just you know this is the amount of love that you get and it's you know in this little box and you have to fit all of your stuff in there or whatever to accommodate but um, yeah with NFP I think that's one one great thing about it is that it, it if you allow it to then it allow God, allows God into that in most intimate part of your relationship, um, because I think with my husband and I, I think when we had the hardest time with NFP was when it was all about us, mm-hmm. and it was you know something that we were supposed to do. I agreed with it logically. That this is what the church taught, and I chose to be Catholic. I converted. And so, you know, I, I agree with it logically, but my heart wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing this and I was seeing all the suffering that it was causing. And so I started really kind of doubting it. Like, you know, is, is this worth it? Like I wasn't willing to go on the pill, um, wasn't willing to do a condom even, but I did so I didn't really know what to do. But I think that when we made God more a part of that, that's when it got a bit easier and it not just like everything just resolved itself or anything. I don't think that's usually the way that God works. He allows us to kind of walk, work through the process so we can learn along the way. But once we allowed God into that part of our relationship, it, it did. There was some healing there. Oh, so.
0: well, that's because marriage is a reflection of the Trinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, your children are a physical manifestation of your love between the two of you, mm-hmm. which is what the Holy Spirit is between mm-hmm. Jesus and the Father, and straight out of the Catechism, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. absolutely. But so when we let God in, it's easier to you know take on those things because we're living out our lives the way we're supposed to. You know, we're sh- you know sharing God's light with each other. Mm-hmm. I know I've been a little quiet through most of this. I know we're coming close to the end, but. Um, I think it's been really nice listening to you guys because I never went through the sex education classes because my mom didn't let me take it in public school because public school kids. She thought she wanted me to get it at church. We didn't talk about it at church and youth group. (laughs) (laughs) And so I never got it. And I went off to college. And I'll be honest, I was very, I mean, I took an IB biology class. I mean, I knew anatomy. I knew how everything worked. But I didn't know how everything worked, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And biology. I think that um theology of the body. What you guys you know, you guys just talked about. Like it's not because I always thought NFP was this method or that method or this method. I mean, even up until today. I thought it was some method I had to like know. I mean, like, I have an app that kind of track my cycle on or whatever and but, you know, that gets a little daunting because it's me tracking everything. And I know the church teaches and the methods teach that the husband and the wife are working together. You know, while I'm keeping it on my little app. It's not like he has the app. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just me. And so i become like the gatekeeper, and that that's gets a little that's frustrating. Yeah, very
3: frustrating. And,
0: um, yeah. you know, we haven't been trained in a certain method. You know, we had our one day during our pre classes where they talked about all the different methods and gave, gave you kind of like the nice, here's the gloss over of what they all kind of do, but they didn't go into anything about what, what they do. And so every time we ch- talked about taking a class, we were both working at the time, and, you know, we couldn't get the schedules. Our schedules wouldn't line up with when the classes were offered or, or the prices for the mm-hmm. classes were not within our means at the time. So we never took a class, but up until, like, today... That's why I always thought of NFP as being is a class and a method that you're supposed to learn, and that's Mm -hmm. how you do all these beautiful things. I keep hearing (laughs) other people talk about because I have lots of friends who do NFP, and I'm just like, it sounds. You know, I hear the frustrations, but I also hear the beauty, and I'm like, I want that. We need to take a class. But what's nice is hearing from you guys today is that you don't necessarily need to have a class. Mm -hmm. You just need to have open communication with your spouse. Mm -hmm. You need to let God in. And you need to be aware of your body, which is, I think, something that not for this conversation, but maybe another conversation as we talk about what we do for young women. Oh, yes. Um, So important. You know, and young men, just our youth in general, theology of the body and talking about body awareness is so important and how maybe the church needs to be the leader in that.
4: Well, and I do want to add just real quick, too. When... I think this is a, a struggle for a, um at least a few people when you look into NFP either like the actual methods themselves or you're just kind of like you know the fertility awareness method just you know kind of throwing things together and everything like it can seem really daunting yes. mm-hmm. in the beginning because um you know like when I was doing it in the beginning it was tracking you know the mucus and the cervix and the temperature and you know putting it all on a calendar and it was just very like you know all these things that i had to do and the same with creighton learning you know what these specific terms mean and you know knowing which stickers go on the chart when and all of this stuff and um but when you went for at least for me like you know Creighton didn't work out so I'll, i'm going to try a different method which is fine but like with a fertility awareness method that did work very well for us um You know, I, it was, you know, kind of tedious a little bit, you know, for the first couple of months, just kind of learning my cycle and figuring it out. But then it just became like a routine and it was really easy. And for me, at least, because I had a normal Mm -hmm. cycle. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it is for women who have irregular cycles, but (laughs) more, <laughs> way more complicated. Way it. <laughs> more complicated. Lucky, yeah. yeah, yeah. So for those who have, you know, even normal. for like
1: not avoiding. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, it was it was a lot easier, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it is for women, like that, like the actual ins and outs of it and everything. But yeah. Well, well I try to put make an upbeat <laughs> and deal there. Well, so once again,
0: <laughs> NFP is more than a method. It's a way of letting God into your marriage and um, having open communication with your spouse. And while there can be frustrations, there are many beautiful gifts that the Spirit can bestow on your family and on your marriage through it. And as always, thank you for joining us.
4: Thanks. Thank you.
0: Please join us again in two weeks where we discuss pregnancy and infant loss. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.